<clears throat> amen and amen again. <clears throat> I thought I'd, I'm going to finish what we started last week. You can never be defeated. You cannot be defeated. Amen. You cannot, cannot, cannot. And uh, I thought I'd share with you a little something. I I was going to make like I, I wrote it, but I said, nah. I'll give Brother Copeland a little love. <laughs> Praise God. But this is a, a little article I found in his a Believer's Voice of Victory magazine. It's entitled Obedience, No Small Thing. Amen? No small thing. I know sometimes we are not as diligent as we should be in certain things and, and uh, like we can't, you know, but, but we can be obedient to God in all things. He's given us the power to do it. So I thought I'd share this with you. It says here, do you ever have seasons in your life when it seems like every time you go to church and every time you spend time in prayer and every time you open the Bible, you receive a revelation from God? He says, I do. Spiritually, everything will be going great. I'll be higher than a Georgia pine. Then suddenly, something starts to happen. I start drying up in spiritual things. Who else? Amen. It seems like it doesn't make any difference what I pray or how much I read the word. I can't get anywhere spiritually. I'm so dry, my spirit is creaking. That used to baffle me. I didn't know what the cause was. I didn't have any sin in my life. I'd taken care of that. I was still praying, still meditating, still acting on and confessing the word. But instead of getting results, I was getting nowhere. I'd stand in front of my mirror and confess faith over and over and over again. And the only thing that happened was that my voice got tired. If that's ever happened to you, may I make a suggestion? Backtrack and find the last thing God told you to do that you didn't do and do it. Amen. So, amen. So, and I think that's one of, that's the last thing people want to face. Cause if you didn't want to do it then, you ain't going to want to do it now. Amen. So it don't get it. I mean, all I'm saying is putting it off doesn't make it any easier to do. And it's got to be done. You can't skip over everything God tells you to do. You, you know, in fact, you can't skip over nothing. I ain't been able to skip nothing. I do know that. It's probably nothing big, just a seemingly small thing. But believe me, those minor disobediences will dry up the flow of the Spirit just like the major ones will. Most of us don't realize that. We'll get on our knees and say, oh, Lord, I want, I want to go to China for you. I'll go to Africa. I'll go to Russia. But when God says go next door, we just shrug it off. <coughs> I can't do that, we'll say. The guy next door doesn't like me. Besides, I want to be like Brother Shambach and get a big tent. <laughs> if you've done something like that, repent. Then pick up where you left off and do what God directed. Amen. And from now on, remember, no matter how insignificant God's instructions may seem, obeying them is no small thing. It's those simple acts of obedience that will make your spiritual house stand or fall. 
all the small things combined, amen, become the direction of our lives. So it's the little foxes that spoil the vine, amen, the things we say, well, that's not important. Well, that don't mean nothing. You could say that about everything in life, amen. So at some point you got to stop and say, maybe this is God telling me. He does direct our steps, remember. So it's a good thing to remember that, amen. So, oh, man, I just threw that in there. So uh, if you go to Psalm 91 again, we'll pick up where we left off. This psalm really speaks to a dedicated person. Amen. A person who is dedicated to God. Not certain things that we want to do for God. But things that we, but people who are dedicated who, you know, can't do enough for God. Who always want to be active and have, have decided that it's, the utmost importance to obey God and, and to say he is my refuge, he is my whatever you need. And that, that really is dedication. That means that you don't go to anybody else or any other source when you have a need, but you always go to God. This person puts God first in all things, allows God to make the decisions big and small in their lives so that they can get the full benefit of God's protection. It pays off when you when you understand that when you uh, live this way for God, you live under the benefit of God's covenant, you can pull under other people under there with you. You got me? As an intercessor, as a head of a household, <clears throat> head of a family, head of uh, a group of people, as a pastor, spiritual leader, whatever, if, if you say God is my everything and you let him lead you in all things, you get major benefit and that's how people are able to live a life, a carefree life, a burden-free life, a life of peace and a life of ease is because they have in their words, in their heart, and in their actions, have made God the one that they look to in the main source for everything in their lives. And so when you, and, and see, it seems easy when we say, oh, I'll say of the Lord, he's my refuge, I looked him first. It's amazing how quick we, we renege on that because we'll start off trusting God and then get down a road somewhere and lose God's phone number. Or the devil will get you down that road through some error of your own and convince you that God's not interested in helping you anymore. And so we have to always be done. And that's why it's good to stay daily in the Word, stay daily in understanding God. Keep that daily contact with God so that you talk to Him, you get instruction from Him, you worship Him, you thank Him, you have that relationship where nothing else, it makes it hard for the enemy to squeeze a wedge between you and God. Amen? It, it makes it really, really difficult. You know, the when the Bible talks about us going boldly to the throne, of grace you know so many people have have taken that in an arrogant posture because you know your carnal mind picks up the word bold and your spirit picks it up too and sometimes we'll go with the carnal understanding of what that means and like you're trampling the blood of Jesus underfoot and just stepping up there anyway but when it talks about boldness and confidence, it means a person who lives in such a way 
that there's no sin. You don't let sin linger on you because that's the one thing that keeps you from being confident that you belong there. Huh? And so when we, when we have that reluctance to step up, that's what it's talking about. There's no reluctance. The just shall live by faith. And you live by short accounts with God. And you always honor the blood. You always honor. Jesus, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be able to be in your face if it wasn't for the fact that you died in my place. So I honor your blood. I ask you, if there's anything wrong in me I'm not aware of, let me know so we get it out the way. There's nothing between me and you. Amen. And so when you have that relationship, where you honor God and love him so much you don't want to do anything wrong. You don't want to do, you know, it's like if I walked in here and I stepped on Miss Ava's toe. And I, oh, girl, I'm so sorry. I said, girl, I know I'm big, you know, and I know that hurt. You know, you know, you see what I'm saying? You don't want her to be offended one little bit by any a mistake that you do. Amen. We need to do that with God. He's done everything for us. We don't want to see people miss essential things by taking them for granted you know what i'm saying you just take it for granted well the sky didn't fall i didn't i didn't go and and make it right with sister so-and-so or brother somebody you know and the sky didn't fall so maybe it ain't important listen if the same devil talks to you that talks to me he definitely will say that to you you understand what i'm saying it's like we got away with something and then pretty soon we spend less and less time seeking God, less and less time in the presence of God. We feel less welcome in his presence, the whole nine yards. See, the devil wants to separate you from the love of God. And see, his love you cannot take for granted because we short it out real quick. Amen. With our sloppy agape sometimes, you know, that kind of stuff. And so we have to be careful, diligently careful Come boldly to the throne of grace because of his blood. It says, therefore, we come boldly. Amen. Because of his precious shed blood. So when you make God your refuge, you continually acknowledge how you got there. You acknowledge the fact that it's not your goodness that got you there. You got me? And that's not, that's not being a, a, uh, taking on sin again or feeling uh, unworthy or all that. Worthy has nothing to do with our relationship with God. See, there's no worthy in grace. Uh, as far as I know, you got me? So if you're living out of his grace, worthy is not even coming up in your mind. You know. Now, if you've got sin somewhere, worthy can come up. Amen. <laughs> what did the prodigal say? He said, I have sinned and I'm not worthy. So sin will take away your sense of worthiness and that's true. But all you got to do is repent. What does it cost you to say, God, I'm sorry. God, show me. Help me. Get me straight. I don't want to keep going through this <laughs> gerbil. <laughs> I had somebody somebody I know used to tell me, I feel like gerbils are running around in my head again. Oh, Lord. you know. But you're not a little gerbil running around on a wheel. Amen. Amen. You're God's child. You're made in his image. You come body. Amen. You come body in God. Amen. <clears throat> so Psalm uh, 91, we go to verse 6. He talks about fear starting in verse 5. Amen. 
And this is a good psalm for people who are attacked by fear. And I say attack, I don't attach that to you. I won't say people who are fearful. You're attacked by fear. Because fear is not a part of you. It wasn't given. You don't have to own that. Amen. You can, you can resist it and refuse it. But it's a good one for people who are attacked by fear because it has a lot of uh, strengthening against fear and telling you why you should not be afraid. Amen. You know, as I can remember, there were times when we were little kids, your parents would every now and then they get sick of you running and complaining and whining and getting beat up and make you stop and confront that kid that was trying to bully you. They've been bullies forever. They just get popular because we got the Internet now. Amen. But you can't stop that unless you confront it. Amen. You, it, you don't get a petition and get a million signatures on it to stop somebody from tormenting somebody. You have to go to God for that kind of protection, that kind of help. And so and it's the same thing. With us in, in, in fear that attacks us. And he says, you shall not be afraid. And you fill in the blank. Never be afraid. For the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day. Now in our, our day and age, terror by night is a spirit. I think I shared that. So it's a sign sometimes to, to people's lives to wreck your sleep. You know, and this is why many times, you know, you and I remember this from years back when I first started in the things of God. Intercessors would say, well, God wakes me up at guess what time? Three o'clock in the morning, somewhere between two and four, like three, three thirty, three o'clock in the morning. And, and, and he does it to have people to intercept that spirit that's released at that time to torment people. Amen. I always thought it was interesting that the bars close at 2.30. So all the devils get, all the drunk devils leave the bar and come and start tormenting. See, there's a lot of them released there because their assignment for that night is over. They done got you drunk, got you to go home with somebody that you don't got no business going home with. So they didn't work the shift. So they're ready for the next shift. They don't sleep either. The Bible says when they get cast out, they go into dry places where they're tormented. So they don't want a time off to go to dry place to get tormented. So they say, well, where's my next assignment? They say, well, go wake up some saints. Go keep the saints. But God, spirit, God heads that off before it gets started by waking up people to pray at that time. Amen. So that there are watchmen that take that watch who are called by God. You got me? Like while you're sleeping, if you're sleeping during the night or something like that, somebody's up praying. Trust me, there's somebody, God's got somebody up praying 24-7 all around the world. Because he knows how to bring in help when we need help down here on earth. And that's part of his response to the terror by night. Like people say, it's just something woke me up like and scared me to death. You got me? And so when, when we understand that that's part of the enemy's strategy against us, then we will begin to fight in a more, that will give you peace, number one, that it is the devil. It's not 
something really disturbing you. You know, people get up, go check all the doors, go check all of this and all of that. And that's not necessary. You can turn over and say of the Lord, God, you are my refuge and my fortress. I take authority over you, devil, and I'm going back to sleep in Jesus' name. I always encourage people who have that experience. Some of them have it for a season. It's like they get loosed on you every night for a few months or so if you'll put up with it. But if you'll take authority over I tell people, I said, just read Psalm 91 at bedtime. Amen. Instead of going to sleep with... Who's on Matlock? I I do the safe people, the more boring shows, you know. I don't want no housewives cussing each other, pull each other wig off and all that. Don't get me riled up. Now, bad people I watch all night long. I don't know why, but I just watch it. Look at that. Oh, Lord, look at that. Look at that. And I look under the bed before I go to sleep. That's it. As far as I go with it. nonsense. But, you know, you have to, because I was, I was dominated by fear. For many years in my life. So I'm very careful not to let that thing grab hold on me. If bad people get too much, I shut that off. You know what I'm saying? I'm not addicted. <laughs> ID addict. It's not me. <laughs> you see them people on there. They got to have it on the tablet. Got to have it on the phone. All that different stuff. No, that's not me. I, you know. But anyway, you have to watch and watch guard over your heart that you don't let fear get into your heart because that's what the enemy wants if fear gets in your heart then he can steal the promises of god from you because fear automatically rejects anything that speaks of faith confidence assurance fear will kick faith out any day of the week if you hold on to fear see and so this is a scripture or a, a psalm that you must believe and you must follow the instruction here for it to come to pass for you. But it will come to pass for everybody who believes. So he says, or for the arrow that flies by day. Now there are times when people could be hit by a stray arrow. If you were out in the field somewhere, you were walking somewhere, there were hunters out all day long. And somebody would shoot an arrow, just errant arrow. Didn't go or they lost the aim of it or missed their target. And people would fall fall, uh, 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 fall dead from that well see in our day and age it's the old drive-by shooting amen you just happened to move somebody told you to move to this city because all your family was there and you got stuck in an apartment in a bad neighborhood where it's not safe and you can't move and so god will protect you from stray bullets he'll protect you from people driving by shooting up your house say the dope man lives in apartment 1a and you in apartment 1b Amen. And they make a mistake and pull the wrong door open. Well, God says you're protected even from those kinds of mistakes. Amen. You know, the murder rate. Amen. The murder rate is so high because people have forgotten about God. You look at what people watch all day long and they'll tell you where their minds are. And, you know, they take God out of everything. You know, first is like the communists used to say, the socialists say, first you take God from them. That's how you control people. That's how you get in their lives so that they don't have anybody. You've got to take God away first and keep him away. That's why there's so much persecution against Christians. So much negative said about us. We hate people. We, and poor gay people, everybody uses them. You know, that's their poster child for whenever they want to beat a Christian over the head. And that's how they keep so much hatred and division 
going between different groups of people. The devil likes that kind of stuff. So that he can manipulate people down into obeying him and say, look, I can give you a life of fun. You can do this and you can do all that you got to do is don't pay no attention. You got to hate them Christians. Those, those are the people who are trying to keep you from living a good life and having fun the way I want you to do it. And so God has a way, though, of keeping people under his protective wings so that those things don't harm us and don't hurt us. A lot of the Christians who are being persecuted in this country and seem to be defeated, those people are just learning how to trust God in a greater way. Don't ever look at that and think that things are going downhill. But those people got to go through their paces just like you and I got to go through them. And if we'll stand and continue to believe God in spite of what the enemy seems to be doing, then we will come out victorious in every, every situation. So even if, if you get a bullet flies by you by mistake, it won't hit you, it won't harm you, and it won't kill you. You got me? This is how we get that testimony. There was a testimony about a little town, I think it was in Missouri or someplace like that in the Midwest, where there were a lot of young men were drafted into the military during that time. And a group of people uh, in that town in a little church decided they were going to meet every day in the church and pray Psalm 91 for those young men. They weren't whining and crying and complaining and bawling and carrying on and fearful, but they just adopted Psalm 91 as their protection for those men. And every one of them came back. Nobody was hurt. Nobody was everybody intact. Nothing broken. Nothing missing at the end of four years in, in World War II. And so God can show you that this is possible. He can show you that this word is true. It's been proven so many times over and over and over again. How much he loves us and how much he'll care for us if we'll make him put him first place you make him your god you do that by accepting his offer of salvation and accept his offer of living for him on a day-to-day basis on a day-to-day basis so you are it says you shall not be afraid of those things and also don't be afraid of sickness contagious disease pestilence that means the flu that means all these other uh, diseases that are getting uh, stirred up again. There are many people who are immigrating to this country that don't pass through the regular immigration thing. Uh, I just look back at, at how immigrants were treated, legal ones, when they first opened up the port of New York. And they would bring a lot of people over here from Europe. They had them stop where at Ellis Island. Everybody knows the story. Well, Ellis Island, that was a holding place away from the general population because there were a lot of diseases rampant in the world. And if you pass the physical exam and you find they were looking for typhoid, cholera, all of these extremely TB, all them extremely contagious diseases, they put you on a boat and sent you back where you came from. Because they were so, the, the health laws were so rigid and people were so concerned about keeping the health uh, standard pure in this country. That's why people want to come here, because we live better. We live healthier. We have more. Everybody wants more. They want the same things that we want, but many of them now are not getting it legally. 
Amen. So now we're seeing areas where they take many immigrants from the same place and take loads of them. Let me tell you why they take them. Local governments get subsidies from the federal government to let these people come and live there. You got me? So everybody's looking at If it wasn't paying off like that, they'd be right up there with the other people saying, send them back, check them out. You got me? Get them, give them shots over there, then let them come here. But see, now we're seeing outbreaks of contagious disease. That's why the uh, flu vaccines don't last. Used to be they could keep a vaccine for several years. Back in the 70s and 80s, that hadn't been true in a lot of years. So now the flu vaccines don't, don't work as well. Why? Because they had new strains coming in here, and they don't check people. They're checking to see if the government's going to send this city more money. Huh? Well, you read it for yourself. Y'all, don't let people tell you what's going on. You find out for yourself what's going on. Amen? So that's why you need Psalm 91. That's why you need to say God is my refuge from every pestilence. Amen? Because then flu shots won't do you much good if, if tomorrow that same bug that they injected in you, amen, is now got a cousin that's more power to eat up that little vaccine he's sitting in. Amen? So the brother can eat up the cousin now because they, they mutate very quickly. And one gender, you know how quick a bug will multiply? Very fast. That's how they make vaccines. They multiply quickly. And so these things mutate. They outlive. They say, oh, what's that? Oh, that's the uh, wabba wabba ceiling they got for you. They eat that and ready for the next meal. You understand me? So there's no way around this except the power of God. God heals you spiritually, not physically. Amen? The vaccine is just physical, which means that if, it, if it's under a microscope and it can be seen and it can be killed, it'll help you. But if it's a new guy in town, what are you going to do about that? You don't have no vaccine for that. And so God heads that off at the pass with his word and his power. The power of the Holy Ghost, the healing power of God, annihilates disease. Amen. Peter's, Peter's mother, they came in. Everybody came in from preaching all day long. Not anybody who's preaching. I mean, some, some of us are, are preachers, preachers, but you all preach. But if you, you know, you keep yourself focused on what you got to preach. When that anointing wears off, you hungry. You just as hungry as a marijuana smoker. See, everybody got that. Uh, I used to tell when we come back from the, we would get on baby coming back from, where were we? Toledo to Detroit. I live in Detroit there. I said, don't put them potato chips in front of me. <laughs> Keep them away from me because I'll eat up every bag, you know. And, and uh, because it puts you in a different, your, your spirit man is in control. And he eats when God tells him to. When he ain't in control no more, it's just barb. Greedy barb, ready to eat up everything. Huh? And somehow your flesh feels deprived. If he can't have what he wants when he wants, he always feels deprived. Always wants more. Huh? It's the truth. And so, so, you know, we, <laughs> we have to do, what was I, amen? 
<laughs> about your spirit. Your spirit man has to grab a hold and grab control over these things because the things of the spirit have more impact. God heals spiritually. He's got to get that word in you and put spiritual power in you before it can drive out disease. See, that's the difference between, and the things of the world are temporary anyway. They're just going to last for a minute. You know, sometimes doctors will put you on, well, I'm going to try you. I like the way they say it. I'm going to try you on this medicine. And then you sit there and say, well, you mean that might not work? Why would I come to you? You know, I'm thinking to myself, try me. You try me. I ain't heard that word in a long time. Huh? Because when you're in God, you don't try nothing. Everything's proven already. You're not trying him out. He's been tried already. And proven victorious over all things. So anyway, he says here, you shall not be afraid for the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes in noonday. Anything sneaking up on you, you're not sure about, anything that grabs you visibly. Amen. Some diseases are, are so... Uh, Sneaky, you know, they, they, people find out after they've been to a country or something like that that there was an outbreak there. Well, you've been there already. You understand? You got exposed already. But God says you will not be afraid of those things. In Mark uh, 16, you have a better promise here. That's, that's an Old Testament promise, and that's awesome. <clears throat> Mark 16. This is all part of your protection as a believer. Amen. Verse 18. They shall take up serpents and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So if you drink or eat any deadly thing, it will not hurt you. Amen. You know, people that are germaphobes and got to wash and clean and all this kind of stuff. Now, I, listen, uh, I'm a nurse now. <laughs> Years ago, <laughs> people said, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so what? But, you know, I had my bacteriology. I wasn't absent when that, <laughs> not every day. Uh, I learned enough to figure stuff out. You understand what I'm saying? And, and I'm not one who's careless about sanitation and stuff like that you know I know how that goes but I am saying that there is an element of people or in people that is so fearful about germs and how they're transmit and most of it's ignorance they just really don't understand you know you look at them say now listen that ain't gonna help nothing you know some people pour bleach on everything now listen The guy you want to bring to church and say that's your husband. You pour bleach on him. You understand what I'm saying? (laughs) You know, bleach will kill you and your food faster than bacteria will. You get chlorine toxicity and, you know, it's hard to get out of your system. So I'm just saying, you understand what I'm saying? Now, don't get condemned, nobody. But y'all chill out on that bleach around your food you got me it's just that ain't right 
The same thing with the hand sanitizer. I see people use that. That's got that got the alcohol in it. That now if it was the kind you could drink and get drunk off of, I wouldn't bother about it. But it's the kind in there that can kill you. Amen. It's amen, amen. It's that it's the rubbing alcohol kind of stuff. You don't put that in your your system. You know, you get enough of it regularly, and you might have some problems there. But the Bible says if you eat any deadly thing, it will not hurt you. You've got to receive that for yourself and be protected by that. I'd rather stand on that and believe that everything that I do is purified. And the Bible says your food is sanctified by the word of prayer if it's taken with thanksgiving. Amen. And I know many of us just throw down. But while you're swallowing it, just thank God. Whoops, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> thank you. I don't want to die, God. I'm just, thank you. You understand what I'm saying? Amen. Because you got, you got the Holy Spirit living in you. Amen. He's the one that you're considering in these things. So you do it in, in, in deference and honor, respect for the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. But if you eat any deadly thing... It will not hurt you. Snake bites won't hurt you. That's where that came from. You've seen these Pentecostal type people handle snakes to prove their salvation. And it's sad because in their ignorance, that's how they interpret that scripture. You got me? And, and they need help. They need somebody to just tell them, listen, pray about this and see if that's what really God really wants you to do. You understand what I'm saying? Because anybody can go off wrong when they're trying to please God. But that's where they, they got that from. But see, God has protected many of those people who were doing it blindly and in ignorance. You understand me? But you don't play around and tempt God to make sure you know that that scripture is real. But if you get in a situation, the Apostle Paul was in that situation. He got off that boat and a snake bit him on the hand. Amen? And this is why you should pay no attention to people. Amen? When people saw him get bit, what did they say? Oh, he must be guilty. He's getting ready to swell up and die. And they watched him to see if he would die. And when he didn't die, they said, oh, he's a God. Let's go worship him. You see how quick people's opinions will change on you? And see, if Paul had listened to that first bunch, he'd have been pushing up daisies. He never would have got to Rome to talk to Caesar. Amen. But see, he had God's word in his heart. The angel told him, you must go to Rome and see Caesar. So when the snake bit him, he said, I can't die right here. I got, I got an appointment in Rome. I got to go talk to Caesar. You got me? See, God's word will preserve your life. Psalm 91 preserves your life. If you stay with this, your life will be preserved. I don't care what happens to you. So we don't have to be afraid of every germ. That, that comes along. My goodness, you know, we, we gotta be germ resistant. You know, especially the flu. People say when flu season comes, now I'm just, I'm just as paranoid as the next people. I'll go grab me some halls and stuff like that, but I'm not scared. You got me? I gotta preach. If I get a halls and that stops my voice from going on me, then I won. You got me? But, you know, the more you prepare yourself, and I found this too, the more you arm yourself with small things, not in unbelief, but as a, as a protection so that in the event your faith slips, you got something you can keep going, the less the devil messes with you about that. 
Now I'm telling you, you uh, now I'm not saying you go <laughs> go get off and go to get you one of them uh what them uh what, coupon people, extreme coupon and they got all the halls and every time I see some some of their cupboards where they done bought stuff, it's nothing but halls in there. I say, that's where all the cough drops are. That's well, anyway, but uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. You ain't no extreme couponer, but you get enough to protect yourself. Amen. I was I was dealing with this. Uh, I I ran into a, a, a curb and knocked my car out of line in the front. Well, the result of it, and I said, I ain't putting no more money in this rascal. It's the end of the money. But it's still a little bit, I mean, you can't tell driving. But the result of it is my uh, tires deflate on their own, see. So I was talking to the Lord about it, and I saw this little, it's like a little mushroom tire inflator. I mean, it's got compressed air in it. And then I was looking through catalog where we get some things. We, I call it free stuff, but you got to pay shipping for it. But anyway, they had a kit that has all them nozzles in it. And, I mean, it's, it's got like 50 pieces. I said, oh, I can have 50 pieces of nozzle stuff. And so I got my nozzle already. I got them on order. And then I look in the, you know, online, there's the, the tank. So I asked Tony, I said, Cece, can we get this? I said, would this do me some good? That's all I want you to tell me. Is it going to do me some good? He said, uh, yeah, because he has one over in the barn. It's big. He has to drag it over. And see, I don't want him dragging nothing for me. I want to put my own stuff in my Huh? Well, it was, it, before I got this, it was going down like every other day. And see, I know you don't want to be dragging that big tank over there and all the snow and stuff. So I don't want to make it easy on all of us. I'll get this thing. Well, sure enough, filled it up one time. It ain't went down since. You see what I'm saying? Some things you do to arm yourself against the devil so he don't threaten you with all this. You know what I'm saying? He's, and like he'll say stuff. Well, in an emergency, you ain't going to be able to go. I said, listen, devil, I can get anywhere. I said, the people will come to me if it's bad enough. Are you kidding me? You know who I said? Huh? But see, all these, amen, see, all these little things the enemy does to put you in fear, to keep you off guard, to keep you spending money you don't need to spend, to keep you concerned about everything. You don't have to be concerned about it. Now, God will give you wisdom sometimes to help yourself out in some things if you need it. But we don't live like normal, carnal human beings. We're scared of everything. we got to have a protection against everything. we got to get a flu shot. we got to get this. we got to get that. All this other kind of stuff. Or, you know, every time somebody beside us sniffles, we get upset. No, it's just stop it. Just stop it. Calling other people germy and dirty and don't cough on me and I got this stuff from them and all this. Stop it. Come on now. Quit that carrying on. Your God is bigger than a germ. The blood of Jesus is bigger than any germ you can come in contact with. So don't live fearful, you know, and don't live natural. Let your spirit man be the one that carries your healing. Your healing's always carried in your spirit. All you got to do is call that up when you need it. Amen. Call up your healing when you need it and stand on the word. If it doesn't come immediately, keep standing. It will come. Amen. It can't not come. Amen. It's got to come. 
Amen. So he says here, <clears throat> this pestilence won't get you. Or destruction that lays waste at noonday. Amen. So there are times when it's like this weekend, they sent out a nuclear bomb alert for the people in Hawaii. Some nincompoop in their local government pushed the wrong button. Either that or he was out with his girlfriend and she took his phone and pushed the wrong button. You know, all these people are getting exposed now. Living wrong. This is your government I'm talking about, folks. Immoral people. The Bible says sin is a reproach to any people. Amen. Righteousness exalts a nation. When you get people in your government who will boldly speak up for God, that exalts your nation. Amen. And God, that's why, that's why the devil's people hate it so much. Huh? Try to discredit the people who are speaking up from God, for God. Amen. But you just keep believing God. And it says, a thousand will fall at your side. Ten thousand at your right hand. But it not, won't come near you. Amen. Now, this is the thing. It's a thousand at your side. I mean, that's talking about, of course, somebody in combat. But how about people who are at your job, who are wicked people and continue to advance, and you're the Christian there, and you're trying to do good, and, and you keep seeing them? Huh? Well, as long as you're there, that place will stay open. So you'll see a thousand fall. A thousand people might walk away. A thousand people get fired. A thousand people get laid off and lose their job. But it won't come near you. Wherever you are where people are falling, you won't be one of the ones that fall. Amen. God will keep you going in spite of. Many times we get concerned about our health because we're, you know, you're in a financial strait. And you go, oh, if I get sick, I don't know what's going to happen to me. Don't you ever say that. Amen. You're taken care of no matter what. You know, people, they run out and buy insurance for all kinds of things. Somebody sent me some insurance. I know it's by mistake because they ain't seen me with a job nowhere and I don't know how many years. Not that I don't work. But you know what I'm saying. It's in, 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 uh, we have disability. Do you know if you're, you're uh, sick from work? I said, well, number one, I don't get sick. Huh? Oh, sickness can happen. That's my broker, Mike. Oh, sickness can happen to anybody. I said, don't you ever say that to me again. He said, okay, Barb. I said, yeah. <laughs> it can't happen to me. I'm real sorry. I don't receive that. Yep. No. Huh? Receive your word. can happen to anybody. No. It won't. Huh? Tell the devil no. <laughs> Return to sender. But they want you to pay, you know, and half of your money you're working for, you got to pay it in their insurance in case you get sick. I'd rather just go buy me a pair of shoes and take my chances. So I'll just roll the dice. I want to say, you talking about my shoe money now. What you talking about, Willis? Talking about shoe money now. <laughs> he ain't getting it. Huh? Because the enemy wants us to stay in lack over things that God has freely provided for us already. Huh? 
You want insurance? God's got plenty of insurance for us. Amen. I remember a testimony of a gentleman. I think he was in ministry. And he said that, that, that they poured everything they had in, into the ministry and getting that started and everything. And he said he had not had enough money to get uh, health insurance for his family. And uh, his wife got extremely ill. She fell into a coma, had to be taken to intensive care. And they didn't have anything. He, he never applied for welfare. He had a small salary, I guess, from his ministry, and his never did. And he said that uh, the people in the financial office came up to see him shortly after she was um, admitted. And he told them, they said, well, where are you going to get the money from? You know, this could add up into a lot of bills. We want to know if you have any assets. He said, oh, he said, well, and he said the Holy Spirit told him to tell him, your father has it. You'll ask your father for it as you need it. Amen. And so he said that he he went to God in prayer. He said, God, I don't know what this is going to be. And, and so God said, I'll provide it. So he just asked me for what you need as you need it. And so he said the, the finance lady met him in the elevator a few days later. She said, well, we, we have uh, the first three days bill. It was something like $40,000. He said, I'll talk to my father. So I'll talk to my father. And he said within two days, two people handed him checks. One was like 15000 The other one was over the amount that he needed. And so he went and gave a check to the person in the office, and she kind of picked it up like it was, you know, didn't want to touch it or something if it was real. And so he said, oh, yeah, you can cash it right away. And they, they cashed that check, and it was good. A week later, she met him in the elevator again, told him another amount in the tens of thousands and he said okay I'll talk to dad I'll talk to my father and she will get it sure enough he gets more money for that and he, she said boy your father must be well off he said oh yeah yeah he said I don't <laughs> he says he says he always supplies everything that I need amen and so he was able to follow God now see when see that's the point most people would stop See, when you get in there and get in debt and get a big bill, then, huh, I'm not going to do uh He stayed right in faith. Why? Because God says he is your source and he is your supply. Amen? You don't have to worry about anything. So God supplies everything that we need as we need it. All we have to do is go to him and ask him. And don't let need overwhelm you. Don't think because your need is for tomorrow or tonight or it's past due. That he won't come through for you and give you that and supply that for you. He don't care if it is past due. He'll go ahead and supply it to you. We were all past due when we got saved. Amen. We had debts you wouldn't believe and we had sin you wouldn't believe. And God still paid all of that. And he'll continue to pay it. He says, only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. Amen. You'll see people who are trying to take Christians to court. You'll see them people come down. You'll see those people suffer lack. You'll see them suffer misfortune. I was reading something on on uh, on one of my uh, a news feed that I get sometimes. You know, a Breitbart or somebody, somebody right wing conservative type people, and they were counting. Uh, they call what they call the Trump effect. Some people call it the Trump curse. All these people who have come out against Trump and suffered loss 
because of it. So right now the body count is now the, there, there's another uh, list that counts the people who have committed suicide that used to work for Hillary. Amen. So they've got a Clinton body count and a Trump body count. And I think the body count on his side is bigger than from, from before. Amen. Because God uses people to make change. He uses people to clean house. He uses people to remove wicked people. Amen. And so when you see that happening, just don't touch it, don't say nothing, just observe and ask God to show you what's going on and he'll show you what's going on. But see, you'll see the reward of the wicked. These news people who uh, say he's losing his mind and he's uh, calling them vulgar names and we've never had that. And see, this stuff is coming out of the pit of hell. We're seeing the anger of hell at righteousness coming back into this nation. Amen. Amen. As long as I see ministers down there praying for him and he turns a meeting over to them. Amen. Then God's moving in this nation, folks. God's moving here. And I want God to move here. I don't care what anybody color, anybody's skin, or anybody thing like that. You know, I want God to move. And so I was watching, and Pastor Daryl is still there. Daryl Scott is still working down there. And so you get an opportunity. Amen. In all the years we pray for Christians to be in, in the White House and in government, and here they are, and now you got most Christians saying it ain't God. You got me? You be careful how you interpret things. Be careful. Amen. So he says, only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, your habitation, there shall no evil before you. No evil. Not even an accident. No evil. See, that's the benefit of waking up in the morning and asking God to take control of your life. That's the day, that's a benefit of acknowledging first thing before your eyes fly open. Begin to thank God for anything. Thank Him for getting you up. Thank you for, thank Him for protecting you. Now, Lord, I thank you for Psalm 91, even if you don't know it all. You got me? And just thank Him for these things. He knows what you're talking about. He knows what you're asking for. Amen. Begin to acknowledge him as God. Put him in charge of your life before you step your foot out of that door. And he says, no evil shall befall you. Amen. No evil. Nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Amen. So if somebody comes in there, sniffles, you know, I'll, I'll, sometimes I'll, I'll sound a little congested and people say, you, you catching a cold? I said, nope. Well, what's wrong? Nothing. Ask me what's right. Jesus is Lord. I'm healed. Huh? Well, I was just, I was just checking. No, you wasn't. You was working for the devil, I can tell you. I love you and you cute and all that, but you working for him right now, so we ain't gonna have this conversation. I don't feel no better with you feeling sorry for me than I did before you put that little two cents in there. So stop it. <laughs> I won't do that to you. You don't do that to me. Do unto others. Amen. 
So you will make it through all dangers, folks. Doesn't matter what what is going on. If there's trouble in your neighborhood, you can't get to your house because it's blocked up with yellow tape or something like that. It won't come near you. You understand me? No evil will befall you. Amen. Neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. Why? You have angels who are in charge of your life. You're not in charge. You have angels in charge of your life. And see, angels are accountable to God for you and for your life. And they don't want to go back and say, Father, I let them slip through my fingers. I didn't do my job. I couldn't do my job. When you make the Lord your refuge, he dispatches angels continually for you to help you, whether you're good or bad. Now, I know a lot of times people don't like that. Like, you know, you only have angels if you do any, everything right. Well, how many of you qualify? That's what I thought. I don't either, okay? So they must work for you. <laughs> you got me? Still work for you. <laughs> I remember being upset with my dear late husband about something. I was going to let that brother have it. Uh-huh. Just bad. Uh-huh. Bad. Wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. Keeping short accounts with God. I said, look, here you go again. Mouthing off. And then I was aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Come here, Miss Pat, for a minute. Let's turn around and face them. I felt something do this to me. And it was tight, too. I said, okay. I said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be. What you going to do? Huh? And it wasn't no devil restraint. It was a holy presence. Because it came with the same blanket. Amen. The same anointing that you feel when you pray. He showed up. But when he was there, he was strong that time. I said, okay. Like I said, I love my husband. Uh, You know what I'm saying. If you ain't got nothing, you got your mouth, you can confess it till it is so. So no evil shall befall you, even if you're going to perp yourself. Amen. If you're going to be the perpetrator, it won't befall you. I mean, and I love that because that's your protection against hurting somebody if, you know, they really get under your skin. It says, for he shall give his angels charge over you. Angels are in charge of your life to keep you in all your ways. I've had angels find stuff for me that was lost in the house. And you get there and you look and there it is all of a sudden. It's like you showed up there for no reason. And there it is right there. They lead you around so that you can locate them. I got one thing I'm still waiting on. I don't know what the holdup is, but I I want that because I I need to give it to somebody, you know, like like that's gonna make it show up faster, right? You know, right, 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 right. But anyway, it's it's just and so they keep you in all your ways, no matter where you go, no matter who, what company you're around, everywhere that you go, in all of your ways, they keep you. They go if you somewhere you're not supposed to be, they go there too. Amen. If you, they ain't just for when you're on your way to church. Uh-huh. 
Therefore, when you're stuck in traffic and, and let go of a string of words you shouldn't be saying and you know you feel bad. Oh, Lord God, I'm sorry. I'm willing to go there. huh? He says they'll hold you up and, and won't let you stumble or dash your foot against a stone. Even a small stumbling they'll pick you up from. Amen. It's like when I, I was thinking about this, you know, when I had that fall coming out of my house and I had to go to the conference with Eddie. You know, Eddie was my friend. Well, I divorced Eddie. You know, I've been divorced. I divorced him when I picked him up. I was in, determined not to hold on to that. But then somehow I started getting this fear of falling again. You know, and you see all these commercials. Oh, I've fallen and I can't get up. I said, Lord, have mercy. I said, I don't even get down on the floor. <laughs> you know, voluntarily. <laughs> like if something is under some of my furniture, it's going to stay there. It's going to grow roots. I've been trying to train Coco to go under my bed and pull stuff out, but she don't never bring nothing back. So, you understand what I'm saying? And, and and I started to just get concerned about it. And then I would I noticed this. I had I bought a new purse and I had it on the floor and it has a shoulder strap on it, which I don't use. I should take it off. Too lazy to take it off. But I notice almost every time I get up my foot gets caught in that shoulder strap. And I look down at it and I think about Psalm 91. I said, oh, thank you, Jesus. I said, you showed me. I said, because I could have just walked and kept falling. But every time it happens, he makes me look down and see what that is. And I step right out of it. You got me? Now, some, amen. And I'm not afraid of no broken bones. You know what I'm saying? But every now and then, the thought will come to me. You, you understand what I'm saying? That fear wants to linger and start to run my life like I'm out here doing this on my own. I'm not. God has angels assigned to me to keep me in all of my ways. Amen. In all of my ways. Everywhere that I go, I, I have angels to help me. And he says they'll hold you up in their hands. Amen. They don't care if you're little, big, skinny, fat, whatever. They pick you up. Got me? You got angels big enough to pick you up. And he says, you shall tread upon the lion and the adder. You got anybody going for bad in your life? Anybody in authority in your life to think they run everything? Uh, You'll tread on them. Amen. You will. You'll tread on them. The young lion and the serpent or dragon you'll trample under your feet. In other words, you won't have to avoid people who are trying to go for bad on you. Amen. You can live your life. Same thing with your children. Don't let them have kids at their school and they get a stomach ache and can't go to school. You understand what they tread on them too. Amen. See, no, baby, we got angels to take care of them. Don't you let fear settle. You don't run from anybody. We don't run from anybody. Amen. But you're going to go to school. You're going to go to places you're supposed to go to. Amen. And stay away from them you're not supposed to be at. Put that out there. Amen. Sometimes kids are upset because kids aren't nice to them. They think everybody's got to be their friend. You know, you got to school them and tell them, uh, no, God picks your friends. He picks my friends. He picks everybody's friends. He don't, you don't pick your friends. Amen. Because most of the time the devil is picking you, trying to get you hooked up with the wrong people. 
He says, you'll tread on these things. Don't be afraid to step on them. Amen. Don't be afraid to tell them. No, I'm not going with you. I don't have any. I don't think so. Uh uh-uh. No, we're not doing that. He says, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. That's your payoff. That's your obedience. That's what you got to do. Amen. That's what you got to do. Don't let anybody tear your heart away from God. Don't let and and against God's people either. That's God too. You got me. Don't be so foolish as to let the devil start setting up some kind of ambushment in your heart that now God's people are all of a sudden your enemies. Amen. Because the world's not your friend. You're gonna be out there by yourself. Because the world will never be your friend. God will not let it. Because you have set your love upon me. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. In other words, you're familiar with the authority of the name of Jesus. You're familiar with the power in the name of Jesus. You know it's a serious power. You know it protects you from all harm. When you understand the authority of God in your life, then God will will do that. You set your affection on him and you're familiar with what he will do for you and come and rescue you and help you. All authority is in the name of Jesus. There's nobody who has authority over you bigger than yours. I mean, bigger than God's. If you stay under the Lord, you won't get cheated out of nothing. You won't get manipulated out of nothing. You won't get squirreled out of, skunked out of nothing. People will run to try and bless you. Remember that? God will bless them that bless you. Men will give into your bosom. If you give to God, you, you have nothing but uh, uh, increase coming back to you. Look for significant things happening in your life. Why? Because you love God. When you love God, that puts power in your life. You're not some kind of little mealy-mouthed person that's barely hanging on. You're a powerful person because you love God. And you don't waver. Amen? You don't move. You don't let these winds and waves of... Whatever's going, blowing through the body of Christ. I see more people on there prophesying. You know, online. Everybody's got a prophecy for you. Amen. But yet in the same breath, they sick and asking you for prayer. I'm saying, well, why don't you speak to your body? That's the first thing you need to prophesy to is your sickness. There's more sick people on there than anything. Pastors asking for prayer on Facebook instead of going to God themselves. And what kind of church are you leading if you on there begging for prayer from whoever's cruising through there? Nonsense. God ain't put you out there for that. But yet they want to give everybody a word. You got me? And none of them come to pass. You don't ever see anybody say, ooh, yeah, well, I believe that and it happened. And you never see nothing like that. He says, I'll set him on high because he has known my name. I'm familiar with him. He knows me. I know him. We're familiar with one another. Amen. God wants us to get more familiar with him this year. You got me? You know, just start getting getting in his presence more. Just when you sit and you got a little extra time, turn all your little devices off. Amen. And and let God begin to minister to you and speak to you. Amen. He says he will call upon me 
And I will answer him all in the same sentence. No delay. No fasting for 30 days to get an answer. None of that stuff. He will answer you. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. What kind of trouble? Trouble you bring on yourself. There's no other kind of trouble but that. Now I know we all innocent victims. and Don't get me wrong. I understand that. But we perpetrators too. Sometimes we perp in ignorance. Sometimes the devil gets you under pressure. And you do something and your conscience grabs you right away. You know you did wrong or right off the bat. Amen. Well, God, I couldn't help it. I had to get so-and-so and I had to. No, 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 no. Hmm? He says, you're supposed to make me your refuge and your source. I'm your refuge. My kids don't steal. My kids don't lie. Huh? My kids pay their bills. They don't put people off. Amen. They don't walk by somebody they owe money to and don't say anything about it. Amen. My kids do what's right all the time. Amen. Even if it hurts your feelings to do it. (laughs) He says, I will deliver him and honor him. See, when, when you do things illegally, you don't have any honor. You've dishonored yourself. God said, just trust me in this. I'll tell them people to to hold their horses. I'll give you an extension. I'll get a a payoff for you. Whatever. He said, I'll I'll honor you. But don't dishonor yourself considering yourself is your only source. Look to your father. I always got an answer for something. God always has an answer for people. Amen? Always. He says, and with long life, I will satisfy him. Show him my salvation. A satisfied long life. A satisfying long life. A satisfying life that has as many years as you desire to be here. Amen. You don't have to be afraid of of death or afraid of dying. Amen. All you're going to do is get, get your ticket punched. It's a one way. Amen. You don't get in a round trip when you die. It's just one way. You go to heaven and you stay there. You ain't coming back. Amen. And so what you need to do is live a life full with God so that when that day approaches, he can let you know. You tell God, I want to know. Give me some warning, some advance warning or whatever you want to do. He'll work that out with you. Are you kidding me? God, I want a smooth transition. I want to be in perfect health, you know, in my declining years. I don't want to be a burden on anybody. I don't want to. You know, whatever, whatever. I want to die rich or whatever you want to do. Leave a lot to my kids or whatever. You just work that out with God. If that satisfies you, then you ask him for that. Amen. He wants you to be satisfied with your long life, not short life. Amen. The devil will always come to you with plans to shorten that up if he can. He don't like saints living. He wants to kill you before you get here. And so we have to realize that God has a counter to that. He wants us to be satisfied. Amen. Satisfaction is health, wealth, and honor. You will live as long as you desire. And until you are satisfied that you have accomplished all that this life has to offer you. That's what God provides for us. So I think it's worth it to get up and tell God you're my refuge. 
God, I set my love on you. I love you more than my very breath. In fact, you are my life. If you don't dwell in me, I don't have a life that's worth living. And just thank God for all that he wants to do for you and he is doing for you. And keep him number one. Don't let anything separate you from God's love. I know we all looking for the love of our lives or whatever. You'd have found him already. If you ain't loving him yet, huh? Uh, he'll bring you people when people uh, people want to to come into your life. God will let you know. You understand what I'm saying when when he's moving, doing something different in your life. And but, you know, you, you can cry and because the relationship with God is going to change. You know, I was standing there and old prophet Waller was a little nosy, snoopy self. <laughs> And I cried like a baby. I said, Jesus, I love you. I want no husband. You got me? God has to prepare you for things. You understand? Why? Because the relationship. Listen, I've been married before. I know the relationship with God. It's going to change a little bit. But but you know what I'm saying. These changes kind of get you off guard. So you got to pray them through. Pray about them. Make sure that they're God. Make sure you keep up with God's timing and things. See? Now, see, I shared something I don't usually share with y'all. I don't share my business with y'all. <laughs> no, but you know God's already spoken it. But there are things that you have to do. To prepare your heart for what God's going to do. Because it's, it's a change in relationship. But he wants you as long as you keep him first. Amen. In all things. Don't let your affection slip off. In loving somebody more than God. Let him steal that affection from God. Amen. You, you'll have all the benefits of Psalm 91. Amen. You'll be here when the perpetrators are gone. <laughs> You'll be the last one closing up the shop, the last one on your neighborhood, the last one in your apartment building, your job, whatever it is. You'll be the last person standing. Amen. As long as you make God number one. Amen. I'm going to stop. Father, we thank you for your word. Oh,